Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos, and this is Believe in Bears. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. NBA and college basketball, it is back, baby. The NFL college football's playoffs is right around the corner. And with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about, oh, I don't know, picking the Lakers to repeat for the NBA title, maybe someone's going to upset Patrick Mahomes, or maybe the Bears are going to cover their nine-point spread against the Saints. This weekend, a wild-card weekend, you got to go to betonline.ag. They got game spreads, totals, team player coaching props, even a live betting app. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, it's wild card weekend. The Bears traveling down to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. Cameron, this is our first playoff pod. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little unsure of myself. My hands are a little clammy. Hey, let's get it on. Let's rock and roll. Well, if it's any consolation, we'll be rolling into the Superdome this week with a limited capacity crowd. I hear that the tickets are through the roof. Ticket prices are through the roof. So, yeah, But you're not going to be hearing that full volume, full tilt uh, Superdome experience for this podcast. It should still be pretty relatively mild, and hopefully that helps us calm our nerves and perform our best on this very important wildcard podcast. Yeah, we're going to be able to get the calls from the sideline into our keys for keys to Bears victory. Yeah, <laughs> throw up the signals, bring out the cards. Uh, we're going to be ready to rock. You know, let's just touch on that very, very briefly. You know, that's something that I think that Bears fans that never played the game before, they kind of wonder, does that really play a big role or not into it? But, you know, no fans in the stands at a traditionally ruckus, loud stadium. For a quarterback like Mitch Trubisky going in there, it is a slight advantage for the Bears, right? Well, it's definitely an advantage compared to what it would have been for, for the Bears. Obviously, anytime you're on the road, it's hard to say that you ever quite have the advantage. But yes, compared to what they would have been going through, trying to run an offense, conduct an offense in a, in a place of that volume, uh, that's that's tough on anyone, especially in uh, a lesser experienced and lesser proven quarterback uh, in an offense that's just starting to find their, their footing uh, I guess, heading into the playoffs. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be something that the Bears need to take advantage of. Every single chance they get to take advantage of of something uh, on the Saints side that is not up to full speed, you got to do it because, obviously, they're heading into this game with a very tough opponent and a very important matchup. Yeah, this is not the type of week to – you know, really sit around and explain to Bears fans what's going to happen after this game. It's all about just this game right here. So before we get into Cam's keys, let's do a little news and notes real quick. Taping this on a Thursday, 4.15 Central Time. We've got the injury report that just came out. Roquan Smith doesn't look like he's going to be able to play this weekend. He has a dislocated elbow. Darnell Mooney did not practice today. Jalen Johnson limited in practice. Buster Screen, DNP as well, did not practice. Let's just focus on Darnell Mooney and... Um, Darnell Mooney and Jalen Johnson for right now. You know, what is your gut feeling right now about either of those two taking the field this Sunday? Uh, man, it's it's tough when you're going into a big week like this and you've still got two DNPs. Obviously, you got a few days till the game, but it, it is it's really tough. Uh, obviously, hopefully, with that ankle situation going on with Darnell, maybe we could see him onto the field. But you know, as someone that plays the way that he does, he'll probably be in. He won't be full speed whether he's out there or not. Buster Screen obviously dealing with this concussion protocol. 
And again, it's really tough. I don't know that you'll see either of them having not them not having gone at all this week, but hopefully, hopefully we see both those guys on the field because we're going to need to be at full strength to win this game. And for Roquan Smith, dislocated elbow. We were talking on the pre-pod. There's something about dislocated elbows in the Chicago Bears these past couple seasons. It just keeps that particular injury keeps hitting this Bears team. Cameron, you mentioned you've dislocated your elbow before. So just let Bears fans know, can you play with a dislocated elbow? It ain't great. <laughs> it doesn't feel real good. Um, yeah, man, it's it's going to be it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be something that uh, is hard to put pressure on. And obviously, I don't know if you know this, football is a contact sport. Linebackers make a lot of a lot of contact. And uh, the way Roqu- Roquan's running all around over the field, I think it's going to hurt, man, <laughs> if uh, if he's out there trying to play through it. I think he will because I think he's absolutely necessary and essential to this team's success. And, you know, he's a gamer. He's the type of guy that's going to want to be on the field no matter what. But, man, it is going to be inconvenient. It's going to be hard to overcome. And it's it's going to hurt. Let's, let's just be honest about it. It's it's not going to be comfortable. Yeah, it, would it be fair to say, is it going to hurt more with him actually going out there and trying to tackle somebody? Or probably would it hurt more just being exposed to it, hitting an elbow, getting caught in the pile, getting yanked on, getting, you know, sandwiched? I don't think it really matters. Any sort of contact on, on that is, is going to be painful. And, and yeah, if, if he happens to be in the middle of a pile and, and it's just landed on in an awkward way or twisted in an awkward way or just happens to be exposed, it's going to be ugly. I, you know, but Roquan's a tough dude. He's a gamer. And I, I think that he'll be out there. And I think he'll, because he has to be, he absolutely has to be out there. We are gamers here, Cameron. So we're not going to mess yeah. around anymore. It's time to get to our keys. Cam's keys <laughs> to a victory for wildcard weekend against the New Orleans Saints. We're going to dive in and try and, you know, highlight a couple areas that if you see that on the field this weekend, this Sunday, the Bears got a chance to possibly win. So, Cameron, let's just go right into it, man. What's your first key to a Bears playoff win? I bet you think I'm going to say something about the run game. But I <laughs> am. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not. Oh. because we've seen. No, no, no. We, we've seen the run game. And you know what? Like, for a long time, I felt like we had to hit on it week after week after week to say, hey, man, it's there. You need to try it. You need to figure it out. It's going to be a, a essential to our to this team's success. It's there now. I, I think that this is a part of their identity moving forward, and it's not something that we need to talk about. Uh, uh, it's you know, it's just part of it. We know that. So what I'm going to say uh, is the first key is they need to be able to they need to find ways to make downfield explosive plays in the passing game and on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, playing a very explosive offense that sounds like they're going to be. At, at full strength, which they definitely weren't last time these two teams matched up. You know, the Bears really have still not found a way to get that downfield passing attack going. We've seen some plays here and there. Um, but, you know, this is, a, this is a good defense. It's a good offense that we're going up against. There's a good team, and you're going to have to find ways to make those big plays downfield. You know that the, that the Saints are going to hit on opportunities, and it's, it's going to be on the Bears, you know, I think passing game. To, to make some of these big plays downfield and, and try and keep this thing, you know, within reach. That's a great point, Cameron, because my first key is actually really similar to that. Just a dovetail real quick back to the running back situation. You know, with Nick Foles under center against the Saints in week eight, they still handed the ball off to David Montgomery 21 times for 89 yards. And I think it's safe to say that we can put to bed that at any point in this game, Matt Nagy is just going to abandon the running game all of a sudden and put the entire game on the shoulder of Mitch Trubisky. So I know that New Orleans Saints, they've given up the fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. They're one of the best run defenses in the league. Don't look any further than just a couple of weeks ago. They played the Eagles. Jalen Hurts ran for 106 yards. Miles Sanders ran for 115. I'm not saying that that's going to happen again, but that is at least gives you an idea of someone, an athletic quarterback that can be able to run the football 
and you know make them pay a little bit and also spring the running game up too as well. My first key, Cameron, is exactly what you're talking about. I'm just calling it respect our speed. You're indoors. This isn't the soldier field turf. You got an opportunity here with, and I'm, you know, I keep bringing them over, over and over again, but you know, Anthony Miller, guys like Allen Robinson, even Cole Komet. I'm not saying Cole Komet's a burner, but just getting him on the outside a little bit. You got to make this Saints team respect your speed. I know they might not respect Mitch Trubisky's arm to accurately get it down the field, but I still think that we can be able to sort of loosen up the defense a little bit by perhaps making them just kind of respect it, get downfield just a little bit. I would even love in the first quarter they run like some sort of deep route combination and then Trubisky just steps up and just runs it for eight yards. I think that would go a long way to just loosening up what I think the Saints are going to be like, we got to bottle up this running game, put it in Trubisky's hands. we got to make them respect our speed. That's one of my first keys too as well. I think that's a great point, man. We got to be able to, to create that space out there on the field. And those things, those will open up those running lanes. When you mentioned just that eight yard run, I talked about it a couple times on this podcast, how just having the quarterback that has the mobility to, to get out in, in a little bit of space and how that can change so much for the offensive line and their confidence and just the flow of the offense in general. I think that's a great point that these guys are able to, to get out, get downfield and just make it be something on the defense's mind that they have to worry about, that they have to take seriously. It's just going to open up so much more uh, for this offense. So I think that's a really good point. Cameron, what's your second key to a Bears win on wildcard weekend? I think the biggest problem that we were talking about uh, last week with the Packers matchup is that when it got down to that red zone, we saw way too much Cairo Santos and we didn't see nearly enough uh, balls getting across uh, that goal line. I think it's ever so important right now that that the Bears find their way into the end zone. You know, it's not uh, time to get down there and score three points. It's time to get down there and score six and seven. And and obviously you're playing a, a very tough opponent, scores a lot of points. We cannot afford uh, to waste any opportunities. It's touchdown time. So in the red zone, you got to find ways, find ways to get to the ball in the hands of the guys that score uh, red zone threats. You know, Jimmy Graham's going to be big. Allen Robinson's going to be big. David Montgomery continuing to find ways to run the ball into the end zone, but they got to be touchdowns this week. It's no more, you know, it's been great having Cairo Santos and his ability uh, to help pick up three points when uh, maybe before it, it was a, it was a toss up. That's great. But when you get to the end or red zone, it's time to score. We're reading each other's notes. Uh, it is also my key, the red zone. And honestly, I think we could probably say it is the biggest key of the game. We've talked about it for the last couple of weeks here on this pod. We really started highlighting it last week, diving into the numbers. We were, we've been talking on this pod about Mitch Trubisky's decision-making and his throws on that one-yard line to 10-yard line in the red zone. You look it up, the numbers aren't pretty. He's at, He's got 54% complete, uh, completion percentage. His yards per attempt, if I'm getting this correct, is 3.8 in that area, a.k.a. they're not even letting him or he's not even making the decision to throw the ball in the end zone. And if Bears fans, if we've watched any football game from our beloved this season, anytime the ball goes in the end zone, it seems like it's some sort of 50-50, like cataclysmic escape from L.A. situation where Allen Robinson's trying to fight the ball away from three other defenders just to come down with it. Trust me, if you watch other NFL games, it doesn't look like that. It can look a little bit easier than that. So, Cameron, let me ask you this question. Capitalizing in the red zone, who are you looking at, though? Are you looking at an offensive line that needs to step up and at least hold the hold the water to get David Montgomery enough space to just crack it into the end zone? Are you looking at the arm of Mitchell Trubisky, or are you looking at the head coach, Matt Nagy slash Bill Lazor, dialing up the right plays and right looks in the right moments to give his team the best shot to score? No, I think at this point, you know, we've done enough of kind of babying it 
and uh, you know, talking around the situation. I mean, it, when you get to the playoffs and you get to the red zone, it is time to find a way to get to the ball into the end zone. And there's been plenty of opportunities this year where we've kind of said, you know, you know, maybe they run the ball better here or they, or they do this or they scheme it up differently. At a certain point, there's a reason quarterbacks lead teams and we have to be able to trust the guy who's taking us all the way down the field to get us into the end zone. We got to be able to throw the ball and execute those tough plays. You mentioned obviously how difficult it looks every time the bears drop back in the red zone and try to try uh, to, to get the ball. They never throw the ball to the end zone. If they do it, it seems like it's a turnover. They throw the ball short of it and then try to hopefully they can shake and, and shake their way into the end zone. That's not really an effective game plan. And if you watch other teams that are, you know, maybe a little bit uh, more proven on the offensive side, Sometimes just make it look so easy to get the ball across the line of scrimmage, man, or across that across that red zone line or the goal line, and man, it's um, you got to be able to do it. You, you just have to, you know. We've I think he's proven that he's come a long way and improved in a lot of areas this season, and that's great. But man, you know, we're, we're in the playoffs now. Like that's not good enough. You got to get the ball across the line. So I, I I look at Mitch straight in the eyes and say, man, like it's you you make the right throws, make the right decisions, give us an opportunity. And that's it, man. Like that's kind of the last part of the test. If you had the headset on and you were the offensive coordinator, what would be your preference in terms of play call? I'm going to throw a couple of them out to you. And we've seen this at least once throughout the season. You've got the 50, 50 ball. That's the corner toss up to a Rob or Jimmy Graham in the corner. You've also seen a lot of bootleg where you're kind of dragging Montgomery and Graham, get them on split the field in half, trying to make that happen. You've also seen the seam route or the tight ends, you know, the tight end just goes straight up with a little seam up the middle, toss it up, hope that he goes up and comes down and gets it and stays in bounds. Or the final one, which maybe might be my preference, is the hike the ball, one step, fastball, quick slant. Mitch doesn't even think about it. He throws it as hard as he can to the quick slant guy into the end zone. It maybe also maybe seems like the one that could be least dangerous. I don't know. Uh, if you had the headset on, what, what kind of plays are you calling for Mitch Trubisky to, to spring him open and unlock this red zone problem that we've had? We, we mentioned time and time again how much we enjoy him with the play action, with the boot rollout, that sort of stuff. I do think that's really good because what that does is that creates an, a couple of different options rather than like going out there. And I think it was that fourth down series against the Packers where like it seemed like there's only one place to go with the ball and it was Allen mm-hmm. Robinson. So with the boot with the boot action, you obviously have the opportunity to run the ball. You have uh, those little drags underneath, and obviously you're throwing something. Something's going over the top. I like that, but also there's going to be limited space for that to work as you get closer and closer to the end zone. I don't mind what you're saying about just the one step and chuck, just because I mean, you know, worst case scenario, the ball's probably getting beat into the ground. He and, ain't thinking. No one else is reacting. Yeah, I mean, you're throwing I mean, it as hard as you can. It's up to the receiver to catch the ball. Again, that's kind of – it seems a little bit like what the the Bears have been trying to do where they throw it short of the end zone and hope a guy can, you know, kind of find his way, make his way into the end zone. I like – there was a, there have been a couple times this year where they have – they've done the thing where they, they line up in like the diamond formation outright, Jimmy Graham out left and basically say, hey, one-on-one give it a chance. You know, that one's okay too. We haven't found the, that like perfect, uh, that perfect go-to uh, play, but you know, I, I would probably would, would look to do something like that, throw that 50, 50 ball to your, your one, some somewhat proven commodity in Allen Robinson or, or Jimmy Graham. And, you know, I mean, hopefully you get one-on-one coverage and if worst case scenario, you throw it out at the back of the end zone, but you have to trust that Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky will throw the ball out of the back of the end zone. Like we catch it or no one catches it, but too often I feel like, He's throwing that ball closer to 60-40 instead of 50-50, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the Bears' offense this season feels like a video game, right? 
get a brand new video game. You're super excited to, to play with it, see what it's got going for you. You get out there, you can't get past the first level. Then you kind of like go this whole route where you're like, maybe I'm doing this wrong. And I'm going to play with a completely different character in the video game. And you start playing for a while and it gets you nowhere. It actually gets you kind of further back than when you were. But now we're starting to get past a couple of levels here. And it feels like the red zone is the Mario boss, uh, the King Koopa, if you will. And we're fighting him. And every time we get down there and to be give the Bears offense credit, we've been in the red zone. I feel like four, five, six, maybe even seven times a game over this last month. This is good news, Bears fans. The only problem now is actually cashing in and turning those into touchdowns, something that you have to do in the playoffs, something specifically you have to do against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, you can't. There's no no room for missed opportunities. It's uh, you know this team's too too much firepower. Got to find a way to get the ball across that line. Cameron, what's your third key to a Bears win? How are we going to get think, it done? I think this one's obvious. You just got to keep Alvin Kamara in line. I mean, we've seen the guy have six touchdowns in a game this season. He's a threat out of the backfield as a pass catcher. He's a threat uh, running the ball. He he can just be an absolute animal. And so, um, especially if this team is with an injured or limited or a hurt Roquan Smith, I'm I'm just very concerned about what this man can do uh, to this team and if they have you know Michael Thomas out there and Emmanuel Sanders out there this is going to be a much more dangerous iteration of the team than, than uh, this offense uh, than we saw la- the first go around uh, so I- I'm putting all of my eggs in the stop Alvin Kamara basket make sure that he is uh, normal average regular for him uh, I believe uh, you know he's he's the type of guy that can get you 100 all-purpose yards in you know, in no time. And so uh, keeping his productivity down and limited is, is going to be a big part of, of their success. Yeah. You got to pick one guy to just take out of the equation, right? And Alvin Kamara is by far their most explosive offensive player. Michael Thomas is fantastic, but he's been hurt all season long. You know, they're still not even sure whether he's going to come back and play right now. It seems like it's trending that way, but we'll see. Last time they played the New Orleans Saints, you know, Jared Cook kind of lit them up a little bit, kind of worried about that from a linebacker's perspective, especially what we've seen opposing teams due to Danny Trevathan, who, as we mentioned, got off to a really bad start to start the season, but still smart player doesn't have the speed that he once had. My third key is similar in line where I, it's going to feel like I, I'm going to just say it. I'm ripping from our good friend, Jeff Hughes, who was on the De bears blog before this interview, I was already heading in this direction. He said it in just a different phrasing, but I want to go with physicality at the cornerback position. And what I've sort of noticed is, you know, as a Bears fan, maybe you can help walk through this, why they do that. But I also, I've noticed, especially against the Packers, they're more than happy to not play up on the line against the receivers. They kind of give them that little five, six yard pad, almost like, hey, let's keep it in front of us. Let's turn this into a tackling drill. And my personal opinion is I'm kind of giving up on the pass rush. That's a show me moment right there. I'm not betting on that. I don't have an expectation that they're going to get home a bunch. So my next thought process is I just need our cornerbacks, whether it's, you know, Kendall Vildor, when it's Kyle Fuller, maybe it is Jalen Johnson. I would like to see them play up on the line a little bit more, get a little bit more physical, just to slow down the routes, just a little bit to give our pass rush maybe just a little bit more of a chance to get home, take away that Drew Brees, you know, surgical nature where he's going to dial you up and, and carve you up from five to 10 yards deep and really make them work because once they get past that 10 to 15 yard area, I mean, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best of all time. Loved watching him for years. He just doesn't have the arm strength that he used to have. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of passes on either side of the football, you know, with air yards beyond 15 in this game. So I'm just thinking, you know, can we do stuff at the line of scrimmage to kind of jam them up a little bit, kind of get them out of their, their routes and get out of that quick passing game and maybe make things a little bit more difficult for Breeze? 
Yeah, you got two quarterbacks who uh, air yards, not really their jam. So, yeah, having taking the fight to them, playing them at the line of scrimmage, trying to keep everything close and bottled up and physical, I think that might be one of the ways that you can regain some of the advantage against maybe superior uh, wide receivers to our to our secondary is, is just going up and being more physical and seeing what you can do with it. When you play up on the line, you know, what, what I would be suggesting with these cornerbacks playing up on the line, what does this exactly do for, like, the Eddie Jacksons of the world in this defense does that give them a little bit more room to roam and play center field? Or does that, I mean, what does that dynamic do? Because I noticed that they hang off all the time, you know, five or six yards and kind of play that little cushion. And, you know, you that's when you get the top uh, the top cover shell from Eddie Jackson. You know, what would it do if they played them up a little bit closer to the line? If they play a little closer to the line, it's going to obviously slow up the route a little bit, giving giving those safeties like Eddie Jackson a little bit more time to, uh, to cover and recover. And so it, it, gives you a little bit more space to to cover more ground and to, to be able to take a little bit more risks. So that physical physicality, you know, right at the line of scrimmage can kind of give those safeties a little bit more of a buffer space to, to get back and recover. And so you can afford to be up a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage as well. Yeah, I just think if you give Drew Brees that cushion, you know, you'll be able to do this bend-don't-break situation, but I just feel like constant third down after third down, they convert, they convert, they convert. And eventually, you know, once they get in the red zone, I think they're pretty damn good once they get in that area too. And then it becomes becomes a game of just trading touchdowns per possession, something I hope the Bears can maybe get out of. It's time, Cameron. It's time to uh, pick our Mitch Trubisky stat line for our wild card weekend. This might be our toughest call of the season, but that's why they pay us the big bucks. We're in the playoffs now. What are you thinking? Passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards. What are you going with for our boy MT10? So Mitch obviously is going to have to be great this week. Uh, he's got a lot on the line. You know, it's not just winning this game. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of questions about the future. Where does this organization go? What does all this mean? Um, it's been a roller coaster. I think it's going to be a fun one, and I think that we're going to have some spurts of, of good, and I think ultimately we might see some spurts of some bad too. I've got Mitch coming out of this game, 224 yards passing two touchdowns. Unfortunately, I think he might be down and might be forced to, to make some pressure throws and force some throws. I got him making two interceptions as well. And I think we'll have uh, 31 yards rushing. I'm going a little bit lower on the passing yards. I'm going to go 189 on the passing yards. I'm going to go a touchdown and interception. But Cameron, I'm going 72 rushing yards for Mitchell Trubisky and one rushing touchdown. Here's my thought process on it. We talked all along. You've been on it since the very beginning about trust and confidence with Mitch Trubisky. In my personal opinion, I think early on, I think we're going to see a lot of first read check down stuff. Maybe he'll try and, you know, extend the field a little bit, but I think as we go deeper into the game and I think we see those, those routes maybe getting a little bit deeper because we have to either maybe come up, come back, or maybe we have to take a lead. Maybe we have to go out and just win the game. Yeah. I'm hoping that Mitch Trubisky steps up in the pocket and just starts kind of taking what the defense gives him a little bit and just kind of chunking yards together here and there. And I could see a, situ a situation where he puts together like a 20, 25 yard run to pop that. So I see him tucking it and running it and maybe not trusting his arm as much as he normally would. You know, it is a way to continue to get yards and be productive. If you don't necessarily trust what you're seeing or trust the arm that's out there, I'm going crazy high on the rushing yards, 72 rushing yards. I love it, man. It's, we're going to have to find it somewhere. We're going to have to find those big plays somewhere. So 
if it's with Mitch's legs, hey, we'll take it. It's uh, less of an opportunity for us to be throwing interceptions. Cameron, I'm going to surprise you right now. I'm going to give you the option. All season long, we've been picking final score. I'm actually giving you an option right now. I We don't have to pick final score right now. We can talk a little bit more about how we think this game is going to trend, how we think this game is going to go, or we could put our name on a final score for the playoffs. Picking a final score for the playoffs is tough. How are you feeling right now? What are you trending? What are you leaning towards? Did the Bears have a shot at this one? Is it a legit shot? I mean, do you think that, you know, at the end of the day, the Saints are going to come out victorious? Could the Saints blow out the Bears? Where are you leaning right now on Thursday? You know, the Bears put out a, a pretty uh, poor product and, and took this team to overtime. I think they're better now than, uh, than they were at that point. But I still think that there's a lot stacked against them in this matchup. Obviously, some really crucial injuries. Uh, just a lot, of, a lot of guys that need to be on the field to make this a ball game. I'm very uh very sadly leaning towards the saints uh pulling this victory out i think they got a shot you know i think i think this bears team has had a shot in almost every game that they played this year and i think it'll be the same the same thing heading into this one uh if a few things swing uh right for them they'll, they'll have a chance to pull it off uh but i have uh and i'm gonna keep i'm gonna stay with this tradition we you know good good working all year we'll we call it the option you know, yep we, we put our name on it and uh you know, I, that's why they pay us the big bucks. We are professionals. So uh, I got Saints 31-26. 31-26. So you got a scenario where the Bears in the second half are still a score away, hanging in there, maybe a couple drives come short, maybe a mistake or something like that. They come up they come up a little bit short. Okay. I, As you know, I am, a, I am a Bears fan. I like to spin and think about things optimistically, just really trying to wrap my head around how this Bears team is going to win. I will tell you one thing. If you see this one thing happening on the other side of the football, we got no shot. This is the one key that I think is a no shot. If Taysom Hill is involved and he's got the ball in his hands and he's throwing passes, we are so screwed. He is the type of player, you know, Cameron, we've seen in the open field this year, problems with tackling, you know, with our safeties, you know, I love Eddie Jackson, but does he necessarily love to stick his nose into the business and, and take a guy out? No, I think Taysom Hill is like a prototypical guy that gives the Bears problems. I think he's the dude that if you're a Bears defense, I'm with you. You're focusing on Alvin Kamara. I think you're trying to you know eliminate Michael Thomas or make it tough on the receivers. Taysom Hill's that X factor. Gets the ball in his hands on the outside, starts running people over for first downs. It can be demoralizing. I think that's the, that's the exact thing that Bears fans should be scared of the most. If we see that, I think we're in a ton of trouble. That being said, Take out the Mitch Trubisky factor right here. But Drew Brees, he's not playing the best football of his career right now. Alvin Kamara's coming off a six-touchdown performance, but he did not play last week. Michael Thomas is going to come back healthy. Everyone thinks that's great. He has not looked great really all season long, and the chemistry there has been a little off. I do see a scenario where they can stay very, very competitive in this game. It is going to come down to major plays. I would be remiss if I did not mention that Drew Brees, of all the accolades and awards and the one Super Bowl that he has, he is known to throw absolute soul-crushing interceptions in the playoffs and commit soul-crushing turnovers in the playoffs. He's done it before. He's done it for years. He's done it at the height of his prime. He's done it later on in his career. Cameron, just for funsies, man, because I love doing this pod with you, and I love my Chicago Bears. And you know what? We've gone through so much this season emotionally as Bears fans, from joy to hate to joy, back to hate again. I'm going Bears 27, Saints 24. Screw it. I'm going field goal with the seconds, uh, seconds ticking down. Bears come out and win. They shock the world a little bit, and then we can gear up for Bears-Packers, the trilogy, 
the week after, which I think will be a completely different story altogether. But this team is just, just right when you count this team out, they surprise you. Right when you expect this team to do well, they fall a little bit backwards. I don't think anyone around America right now is expecting the Bears to come out and win this game. Therefore, by 2020 Bears math, the Bears got a great shot at winning this game. You know, they zig and you zag. All day, baby. I love that about you, Christopolis, man. You uh, empirical data to hell. You just, uh, you, man, they zig, you zag. I love it. I do all this homework, Cameron, all this research. I crunch all these numbers, and then I I chuck them out the window. Like that, man. I chuck them straight out the window. And that's what makes Believe in Bears so special, Cameron. And that's what what you're here for. You're here to ground me, my friend, because I would would be a soaring eagle right now, flying into an airplane jet. Yeah, I got all of my – I'm what you would call somewhat of a realist, and I got that from my mom. She's a soul crusher, and uh, I'm a soul crusher as well. Cameron, uh, speaking of soul crushing, before we get out of here, 30 seconds on the Chicago Bulls right now. They lost last night, but they're winners of, uh, I believe, three in a row. Just your just your take. Have you watched any of the games yet? I have watched a couple of them. It's vastly different. It's a vastly different outfit. I'm not saying it's great, but it's improved. It's definitely getting better. I uh, Daniel Gafford, uh, wow, didn't, didn't anticipate that. There's still uh, some players on this team that I'm still kind of waiting to see, uh, you know, what are they going to be? When are they going to come around? But Kobe White looks good. Uh, I think we're seeing a different version of Zach Levine, which is which is nice. Maybe a maybe a pass the ball kind of Zach Levine, which is which is cool. You got Thad Young coming off the bench and and uh, or Thad Young contributing and and more than we expected and and Otto Porter grabbing rebounds. I mean, this is a it's a better looking outfit than I was anticipating. So there's been some good, there's been some really bad, but they're the Bulls, and I think they're headed in the right direction. Yeah, heading in the right direction. I just think they're called watchable now. Uh, in the past seasons, the watchables. Yeah, for sure. I actually really like Patrick Williams is not like stuff in the box score or anything like that. I just like the dude, big, tall, lanky dude that can handle. Uh, do I wish Wendell Carter had a mid range game and maybe it was a little bit stronger? That's probably a question for another pop. I just wanted to ask that to you real quick. At least the bulls are going to be watch a bull moving forward. And Cameron, you know, what we're going to be watching this Sunday. We're going to be watching bears, saints, wildcard weekend, Sunday, get ready, strap it in. It's going to be a wild time, but you can always trust Believe in Bears fans after listening to this preview and after watching the game, you can check out an awesome post-game pod from me and Cameron. Cameron, until then, take us home on a fantastic playoff preview pod. You guys have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you tune in to our post-game show as we relive whatever's going to happen. It's going to be it's going to be a fun one. Make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, telling all your friends, and remember to always bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.